Hello and welcome to KLO Talks, a podcast for financial discussion. This is where we discuss the latest financial trends, news and events and aim to unravel the complicated world of investing and finance. So whether you're passionate about the sector or just want to understand more about the importance of optimising your finances, KLO Talks has something for everyone. Hello and welcome back to KLO Talks. This is another episode. This is Peter here and I am joined again by Terry. Welcome. Thank you, Peter. Glad to be here. So what's uh, been going on with you, Terry? Um, Well, just uh, trying to make the best of lockdown, Um, trying to keep working and servicing the clients as best we can. Actually, um, the transition has been seamless to um, a digital world. So... uh, we're uh, a new world. There's going to be more digital meetings, without a doubt, I guess, going forward into, you know, up after this lockdown is over then. Yeah, definitely. And um, the feedback from clients uh, is that they, they enjoy it because uh, we can share our screens. So documents, uh, uh, charts, we can share our screens and it's very easy for the clients to follow. Uh, mm-hmm. We can actually highlight things with our cursor and... Um, it's just making the, the whole client experience um, better, I think, uh, in a sense. I don't think you can beat face-to-face meetings uh, from time to time, but they're not necessary all the time. And that's what we've been finding out during this period. Yeah, absolutely. So on today's talk, we wanted to shift the attention very quickly away from the investment side of things because you and I had a conversation and we think that there's something that I think a lot of clients will possibly be thinking about or would have been thinking about all the way through this lockdown situation. And that subject is the protection side to things. So I think a lot of clients will may have or may not have income protection. They may have a period of time where they'll get some some, uh, income from their employer, but that only lasts for a certain amount of time. So what we wanted to do in this episode is talk about the various protection instruments that you can use to protect your livelihood, to protect your aspirations, to protect your goals, goals going forward. Um, and yes, you're going to share some of your your insights and maybe a few tips. Yeah, yes. Uh, thank you, Peter. Yes, uh, that's quite right. I mean, you know, everybody, everybody, so a lot of people will jump straight into investments and start to think, right, how can I save? How can I invest? Um which is great. It's a great mentality to have. Um, but the thing that we often forget is how to protect ourselves, security, mm-hmm. uh, first and foremost. Um, and what I mean by that is, okay, what happens if you lose your job mm-hmm. um, you, through illness? You know, the, people don't think they'll get ill. It never, it's never going to happen to you. It's never going to happen to me. You know, that, but it happens to somebody, <laughs> of course. So it could be you and it could be me. Um, and I've seen this with, with friends, family, clients, um, where, you know, we have this word going around, but the most, one of the most common illnesses, cancer, mm-hmm. uh, stops them from working. And they may be protected slightly by their current employers, but only for so long. Um, it's not forever. So if you can't work due to illness, uh, I'm sure in your employment package, uh, you have some sort of income protection. They'll keep paying you a certain amount, but it's only going to be for so many months. 
what happens after that. Um, and that's where income protection comes in. So if you cannot work due to illness, you will be covered by a certain amount and you will get paid monthly uh, through that. Uh, and that's what we're talking about. You know, how do you protect your livelihood? How do you protect you and your family going forward if you were to become ill? Um, and it's a very important factor um, because all of a sudden your income stream stops and you're ill as well. I mean, that's a nightmare scenario. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like a double whammy that ultimately it, it leads to stress and anxiety. I always put it like this um, in the fact that, you know, I think it's commonplace that nowadays we'll insure phones and expensive electronics, you know, that we spend money on. And we'll do that without really thinking too much about it. And they're relatively cheap to kind of insure. Your phone's probably, what, £10 a month, something like that. Probably yeah. get it less, maybe even. Um, but whilst we're insuring all these small things that in the big picture are inconsequential, they're not really important in any way, shape or form, to be fair. And they're easily replace replaceable. We often lose sight on or of ourselves and the importance of ourselves and I always put it like this to just to kind of drive this home and I say to people you know if you earn on average 30,000 pounds per year through your career and let's just say you're going to work 40 50 years and that sounds pretty depressing <laughs> but it's true 30 40 50 year sort of career average at 30 pound 30,000 pounds a year that's 1.2 1.5 million pounds and if someone said to you you know what if you give me 20 quid a month or 30 quid a month, and if you go off ill and you can't work, I'm going to give you 1.2 or 1.5 million quid, would you take it? The consensus for most people is, I'll take your arm off for that. And yeah. that's exactly what we're talking about here. The fact that through the course of your career, you will earn millions of pounds. And if you're earning you know, 100,000 pounds, 50,000 pounds, 120,000 pounds, that number gets even easier even bigger why would you not insure your future income using things like your income protection policies yeah yeah i mean you you've touched on everything there that is the reason why you should you should look into income protection um it's i mean it it frustrates people because they pay for insure everything they buy these days is do you want insurance with this do you want to insure this do you want to insure that but as you said, these things are replaceable. But is your inc your main income stream, is it replaceable if you become ill? And mm -hmm. the answer is, is no. You know, you're that ill that you cannot work. Your income stream is, is has gone. Yeah. Um, so that's what you should be looking at to insure first. Not your not your fridge or your washing machine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all great. Yeah, if you want to insure it, great. But as you said, they're replaceable. Um, you know, and and the stress that goes be with being ill and not having your income stream and, you know, then you, you can't pay your mortgage. And it's just the, the knock-on effect is terrible. And if you're really that ill, um, you don't want to be worrying about money because yeah. that just adds to stress. And we do know that stress is a killer Yeah. Um, yeah. in times of when you're ill already. Um, so, I mean, there's very, very many different um, protection policies out there, um, and we obviously look at um, we look at a wide range of them and see what's best for the client, and we try and work it out on how much is your monthly expenditure. So how much would it be? How much do you need to live on each month? 
and we at least try and cover clients for that much. So at least if they were to become ill, their necessities are taken care of, their mortgage, their utilities, um, um, puts in some type of medical fees as well, mm-hmm. being there. Yeah. So just trying to get clients through that period um, with these income protection policies. So strip it back for me, just so that you know people who are listening who don't know anything about income protection kind of get a, a the full grasp of what you're describing there. So you're looking at a policy that will effectively replace their income entirely or up to a percentage of and for how long? Yeah, um, these are all different factors and it depends on the client's uh, situation. So maybe a client will say can't afford to cover their entire income stream for income protection policy. They can't afford that extra money to go out towards to pay for this uh, policy. So we will sit down and see what, how much we can cover them for. Um, and we try and cover all of their income if they can afford it. Uh, because when you ask the clients the question, how much would you like to cover? They'd say, well, well, my income stream, what it is now. So we do sit down with the clients and try and cover to the maximum amount. Uh, if they can't, then we at least try and cover their essential outgoings each month. Okay. Uh, Point. that's the point it's to get them through this period where they are ill and so they can live have you seen that people are more have been more interested in this with what we've just gone through with the lockdown uh definitely so and i think it's two reasons because um during lockdown some people not all people have had more time to review these things and think about these things um you know because a lot of people put these off, uh, especially in income protection policy. Nobody wakes up one morning thinking, right, I need to take, uh, take up an income protection policy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. But then when they sit and they think, hang on a minute, I, I don't know if my job's going to be here in the future. Um, they start to think about these things and then they think, hang on, I really should have some sort of insurance in place. And that's, they don't possibly know what type of insurance but that's when they will contact me and then we can talk through what I believe is the right insurance that they need to take on board. Okay. So you just spoken about income protection there, which does a very specific thing. What else in the, in the protection realm do you think is important for clients to, to have as almost like a necessity to, to give themselves some protection? Yeah. Um, you know, in this country, we, the culture of this country is to buy your own house. It's to, to own your own property. Um, you know, if you look at mainland Europe, a lot of countries, they've got a, not many people own their own houses. Uh, they have a renting system in place. Mm-hmm. You know, you rent all your life. But in this country, we, you know, the culture is get on the housing ladder. You know, we hear it all the time. If you do get on the housing ladder, great. You've done very well to do that. Um, but you've possibly taken up a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens if you were to die? Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, we all die. Um, and how do you protect your loved ones? The ones that you've left behind that will still need to live in that house. So you've taken up that mortgage possibly with your partner. So that's two salaries that have gone to calculate the, the amount of mortgage that you can take on board. Now you've died you don't have a salary. 
So your partner is left paying the mortgage on their own. Can they afford to? Um, well, the way you protect yourself there is to get some life cover, life insurance. Now, there's many different types of life insurance policies. Uh, a lot of people are sold the cheapest of life insurance policies where it's a decreasing term. So mm -hmm. that means that, okay, say your mortgage is £100,000 at the beginning of the term and it's 35 years and it's a capital repayment mortgage. So you're paying off interest and capital of the loan each year. So the loan amount drops each year. Mm -hmm. So your insurance policy will follow that drop each year. So first year you're covered for £100,000. The amount you owe drops to £95,000 in the second year, let's say. Mm -hmm. Your insurance policy will cover you in the second year for £95,000. It'll keep falling until the end of that mortgage term. Um, it's basically like a, it's a step down for every time that you, you pay off a chunk on an annual basis because you're paid monthly for your mortgage. So it, re it reduces in line with that. That's right. And the reason it's cheaper than most insurance policies is because the insurance company is insuring you for less each year until one point they hope that you don't die, they don't have to pay you out, you've paid off your mortgage and they've taken all your, um, your monthly payments through that time. That's how they make their money. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't protect you entirely. Um, and if that's all you can afford, great. That, at least that's some sort of cover. Um, you get other protection life cover policies where it's level term, which means you can cover yourself for an amount and the amount doesn't drop each year. It's the same amount. So £100,000 for 35 years. It doesn't change. If you die during that period, you will get £100,000, whatever your mortgage has fallen to. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and those are quite good because your loved ones can pay off the mortgage amount and have some money left over to to do whatever they need to do with that money. They've got uh, some extra money there. Um, but the worst, some of the worst case scenarios, and believe it, you know, you hear that there's worse things than death. Um, and when it comes to finances, sometimes that really is true. So I've known quite a few people this happened to where they haven't had life cover in place uh, or they, they have had life cover in place um, but they've become critically ill. Mm -hmm. So they've had, uh, for instance, I know somebody who had a, a massive stroke and a heart attack, um, and it's left them paralyzed on one side. They cannot work, so their income stream is gone. Um, they have a mortgage, and the life cover hasn't paid out because the life cover was if you die. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Can't earn any money. Um, they haven't died, you know, thankfully they haven't died, but they've been left in a state where they cannot work. They cannot earn money. The mortgage payments are still coming through. Yeah. I think it's important as well, just to kind of highlight that when obviously in the industry, we look at these numbers and they're actually really scary numbers in terms of the statistics of the likelihood that you will suffer from a critical illness and critical illnesses are, they're numerous. So cancer is one of them, stroke, heart attack. You just mentioned those very, very well known. Um, sort, of, sort of critical illnesses. But I think the number is that one in four people will suffer a critical illness during their lifetime. In fact, you're more likely to suffer a critical illness in your lifetime than you are to die early, if that makes any sense. So this is, this is something that is, I know people, I know people myself who, I've got a mate 
um, down in East Sussex, he's 33 and he's been diagnosed with cancer. And he had to go through leukemia, he had to go through all the treatment, and he has to have regular checkups just to make sure that it doesn't come back. His cancer was pretty progressive, uh, aggressive. Um, and he's lucky that he survived. The medical treatment has, has, has kept him alive, but he constantly has to go and get the updates because he's always fearful that it's going to come back. And for him, now that he's had that cancer, he cannot get any critical illness at all, door shut. So these things are really, really important. And there is always this kind of mindset that, oh, it won't happen to me. But the reality is one in four people will have a critical illness, you know, during their lifetime. And unfortunately, there is no no way of predicting who it's going to be or when it's going to come along. So thinking ahead of time and trying to plan for the future, it's really, really important. Yeah, I think you're, you're, you're right there. Um, the younger that you get these protection policy, policies in place, the cheaper they will be, because the older you are, the more likely the insurance companies will say that you're more likely to, you're closer to death. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you will be uh, more inclined to get a disease, get a critical illness. Um, so the earlier you can do these things, the better, uh, because they'll be cheaper for you in the long run. Um, and a critical illness cover is—it's it, great. Yes, it is one of the more expensive life cover policies that you can get, but it's for—it is expensive for a reason. So you know, we've mentioned to people there that we both know. If they had critical illness cover in place, uh, they would be—they would have had their their illness. They would be going through that. They would have had a payment, a lump sum payment, out to them during that illness, and it would have helped with so much. They could have paid off their mortgage. That would have been right, stress free. Okay. Yeah. Done. Um, and now I can concentrate on my on my illness and getting yeah on, my, yeah, on recovery. Yeah, you're absolutely right because I think a lot of these policies will pay out upon diagnosis, yeah. and obviously, you know. The example that I just, you know, referenced there for someone that I know, it was a really hard conversation because it's one where I was like, you know, mate, look, you've got a young family. Think about getting getting some some cover just to make sure you never know what's coming around the corner. And it's not a I told you so kind of thing, but it's almost like oh, there's nothing we can do now. There's nothing we can do now. And the mortgage still needs to be paid. The kids, the kids still need to go to school. You still need to pay for your car. You still need to pay for all this stuff. And now there's a burden on his partner to go out and earn the money whilst he's really still going through uh, periods of treatment that are quite aggressive and, and take the toll on him. And it, it's, it's really, it's a difficult thing to even just watch, let, you know, let alone experience. I couldn't even think about the kind of stress that, that he goes through on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, and I'm sure she would rather be, instead of going out and having to work and, you know, having to provide right now, she wants to spend time with her partner who's going through this horrible thing and yeah. him as much as possible yeah. and knowing what's going to happen. So wanting to spend as much time as, but she can't. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think for them, one of the biggest fears that they have is, I think they've come to terms with the fact that, okay, look, this is the reality that we've got to deal with now. But for him and for her, certainly, there's this fear that, any little niggle, oh, it might be this. And that is the biggest source of stress in the fact that if he's ill, they constantly worry, is it back? Is it back? Like, how long is this round of treatment going to take? Is, he, is this round of treatment actually going to finish him off? Those are their fears more than anything else. And 
you know, yeah, money would have been nice. They still would have, they would still have to go through that emotional roller coaster. But the fact is, with a policy, had they taken one out, they wouldn't have to deal with the financial side of things and try and make that balance. Whereas now they've got both things to contend with and they just try every single day to try and make sure that first and foremost, their mindset is right, but also they're able to manage the financial side to, to what's going on whilst managing kids too. So it's, it's a difficult one and it's a difficult one to watch. Yeah. And it, it, especially when you sit there and you think, ah, I could have given you some advice here um, and at least made the financial side, um, the financial stress disappear for you. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess that's the, that's the, maybe that's the frustration of what, you know, you do and sort of certainly when I was advising is the frustration, the fact that you know that sometimes this is definitely going to add value to a client's life, but ultimately the decision is theirs on whether they, they take it out. And it may be affordability. It may be, um, you know, belief that it's going to pay out because there are lots of misconceptions around insurances. You know, you, you do what you can do as an advisor to say, look, this is, this, this is something you really, really need because you're going to do X, Y, Z and the benefit is X, Y, Z. But ultimately it is down to the client to decide what they're going to take. And, you know, it is unfortunate sometimes because this stuff does happen. And I think the whole point of this conversation is to hopefully, you know, inspire some people because I'm sure listeners will know friends, family members, uh, relatives that may be going through a similar kind of situation. There will always be someone that you know who knows someone who might be going through this. So if at the end of this conversation, you know, someone says, well, actually, I probably need to have a look into my, my insurance policies or my life insurance with critical illness because I've been putting off for such a long time, then I think the purpose of this podcast is, is fulfilled. Yeah, no, if, if, uh, definitely. Um, that's something that all people should be thinking about. And, you know, people who are employed, um, more often than not, they've got some sort of protection in place with their employer, but it's best to check this, make sure you know about it, ask questions of your employer. What is this? What does this cover me for? Um, the scary thing is that so many self-employed um, people don't have any protection in place. Yeah. And if you think that they are the ones that go out and graft and make the money for the household, um, if they were to become ill, then they have nothing in place and it, their income stream stops the very next day through illness. Um, that's, that's self-employed um, are, the, are the ones that are at most at risk, uh, yeah. I think, uh, with this. Everyone's at risk, but self-employed need to really consider why they don't have any sort of protection in place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in rounding this off, what would be the one big piece of advice that you would give to listeners for them to take away and to perhaps take action on? Look at, ask yourself the question. Um, if there was anything to happen to me, um, what would, what would happen to my family? Um, how important am I uh, to my family in a financial sense? And if I'm not protected, um, why not? Um, have a look at that and really ask yourself um, what you can do to, to protect your family in, in the worst case scenario, becoming ill or dying, um, you know, not being able to work. There are things to protect you out there and you just need to ask the question. You just need to ask a question. Um, uh, you know, you can always uh, contact me. We can talk through this. 
and we can look at your affordability and see which protection policies are right for you um, in the event of the worst case scenarios. Excellent. And I think I will just add on to that, that oftentimes, well, it certainly has been in my experience that one of the biggest things that puts people off taking out a protection policy is cost. I can't afford it. It's going to be too expensive. And the reality is you don't know until you've had that conversation. So have the conversation first, ask the questions, find out, and then decide whether it is something that you can afford. But with that said, there's always this adage that it's better to have something and not need it than not than not have it and need it. So this is all about priorities and it's all about, you know, what's important to you in your life and how important protecting that is um, to you. So I hope everyone who's listened to this has found this really, really interesting. Um, you can contact Terry directly for a complimentary consultation um, where you can talk about your your needs your potential needs what level of cover you would need to maintain the same level of lifestyle that you have right now um, because that's the biggest challenge if you do fall ill oftentimes you have to take a step back in lifestyle and for some people that is a big adjustment so do reach out to terry i will have his contact details in the show notes here and if you do want to have a conversation with him make sure that you reach out but Thank you so much for listening to this episode of KLO Talks, the podcast for financial discussion. Until next time, catch you later.